पास वन डेफिनेटिव गाइड स्टार्ट विद फर्स्ट चैप्टर एज फॉलोस सो लेट्स डेटा वी लिव इन द डेटा एज इट्स नॉट इजी टू मेजर द टोटल वॉल्यूम ऑफ डेटा स्टोर्ड इलेक्ट्रॉनिकली बट an idc estimate for the size of the digital universe at 4.4 gigabytes in 2013 and forecasting a 10 fold growth by 2020 to 44 gigabytes a gigabyte is 10 raised to power 21 bytes or equivalently 1000 exabytes 1 million petabytes or 1 billion terabytes that's more than a one disk drive for every person in the world this flood of data is coming from many sources The New York Stock Exchange generates about 4 to 5 terabytes of data per day. Facebook hosts more than 240 billion photos, growing at 7 petabytes per month. Ancestry.com, the genealogy site, stores around 10 petabytes of data. The Internet Archive stores around 18.5 petabytes of data. The Large Hadron Collider near Geneva, Switzerland, produces about 35 petabytes of data per year. So there's a lot of data out there. but you are probably wondering how it affects you most of the data is locked up in the largest web properties or in the scientific or financial institutions isn't it does the advent of big data affect smaller organizations or individuals i argue that it does take photos for example my wife's grandfather was an avid photographer and took photographs throughout his adult life his entire corpus of medium format slide and 35 mm film when scanned in a high resolution occupies around 10 gb compare this to the digital photos my family took in 2008 which take up about 5 gb of space my family is producing photographic data at 35 times the rate my wife's grandfather did and the rate is increasing every year as it becomes easier to take more and more photos more generally the digital streams that individuals are producing are growing apace microsoft researches my lifebits project gives a glimpse of the archiving of personal information that may become commonplace in the near future my lifebits was an experiment where an individual's interactions phone calls emails documents were captured electronically and stored for later access the data gathered around included a photo taken every minute which resulted in an overall data volume of 1 gb per month when storage cost come down enough to make it feasible to store continuous audio and video the data volume for a future my life with service will be many times that the trend is for every individual's data footprint to grow but perhaps more significantly the amount of data generated by machines as a part of the internet of things will be even greater than that generated by people machine logs rfid readers sensors networks vehicle gps traces detail transactions all of these contribute to the growing mountain of data the volume of data being made publicly available increases every year too organizations no longer have to mainly manage their own data success in the future will be dictated to a larger extent by their ability to extract value from other organizations data initiatives such as public data sets on amazon web services and infoships .org exists to foster the informative commons where the data can be freely shared for anyone to download and analyze mashups between different information sources make for unexpected and hitherto unimaginable applications 
Take for example the astronomy.net project which watches the astronomy group on Flickr for new photos of the night sky. It analyzes each image and identifies which part of the sky it is from as well as any interesting celestial bodies such as stars or galaxies. This project shows the kinds of things that are possible when data is made available and used for something. Image analysis and was not as anticipated by the creator. It has been said that more data really beats better algorithms, which is to say that for some problems, such as recommending movies or music based on past preferences. However, finding your algorithms often they can be beaten simply by having more data and a less sophisticated algorithm. The good news is that big data is here. The bad news is that we are struggling to store and analyze it. Data storage and analysis. The problem is simple. Although the storage capacities of hard drives have increased massively over the years, access speeds, the rate at which data can be read from drives have not kept up. One typical drive from 1990 could store 1370 MB of data and had a transfer speed of 4.4 MB per second. So you could read all the data from a full drive in around 5 minutes. Over 20 years later, 1 TB drives are the norm, but the transfer speed is around 100 MB per second. So it takes more than 2 and a half hours to read all the data of the disk. This is a long time to read all the data on a single drive and writing is even slower. The obvious way to reduce the time is to read from multiple disk at once. Imagine if we had 100 drives each holding 100 of the data working in parallel. We could read the data in under 2 minutes. Using only 100 of a disk may seem wasteful, but we can store 100 data sets each of which is 1 TB and provide shared access to them. we can imagine that the users of such a system would be happy to share access in return for shorter analysis times and statistically that their analysis jobs would be likely to be spread over time so they wouldn't interfere with each other too much there's more to being able to read and write data in parallel to or from multiple disk though the first problem is to solve is hardware failure As soon as you start using many pieces of hardware the chance that one will fail is fairly high a common way of avoiding data loss data loss is through replication redundant copies of the data are kept by the system so that in the event of failure there is another copy available this is how read works for instance although hadoop's file system the hadoop distributed file system hdfs takes a slightly different approach as you will show See later. The second problem is that most analysis tasks need to be able to combine the data in some way, and data read from one disk may need to be combined with data from any other other 99 disk. Various distributed systems allow data to be combined from multiple sources, but doing this correctly is notoriously challenging. MapReduce provides a programming model that abstracts the problem from disk reads and writes. transforming it into a computation over sets of keys and values we look at the details of this model in later chapters 
but the important point for the present discussion is that there are two parts of the computation the map and the reduce and it's the interface between the two where the mixing occurs like hdfs map reduce has built in reliability in a nutshell this is what hadoop provides a reliable scalable platform for stories and analysis what's more because it runs on commodity hardware and is open source hadoop is affordable all your data the approach taken by mapreduce may seem like a brute force approach the premise is that the entire dataset or at least a good portion of it can be processed for each query but this is its power mapreduce is a batch query processor and the ability to run an ad hoc query against your whole dataset and get the results in a reasonable time is transformative it changes the way you think about data and unlocks data that was previously achieved on tape or disk it gives people the opportunity to innovate with data questions that took too long to get answered before can now be answered which in turn leads to new questions and new insights for example mail trust rackspace mail division used hadoop for processing email logs one ad hoc query that was wrote was to find the geographic distribution of the users in their words this data was so useful that we have scheduled the mapreduce job to run monthly and we will be using this data to help us decide which rackspace data centers to place new mail servers in as we grow by bringing several hundred gbs of data together and having the tools to analyze it the rackspace engineers were able to gain an understanding of the data that they otherwise would never have had and furthermore they were able to use what they had learned to improve the service for their customers querying all your data the approach taken by mapreduce may seem like a brute force approach The premise is that the entire dataset or at least a good portion of it can be processed for each query. But this is its power. MapReduce is a batch query processor and the ability to run an ad hoc query against your whole dataset and get the results in a reasonable time is transformative. It changes the way you think about data and unlocks data that was previously achieved on tape or disk. It gives people the opportunity to innovate with data. Questions that took too long to get answered before can now be answered, which in turn leads to new questions and new insights. For example, Mail Trust, Rackspace Mail Division, used Hadoop for processing email logs. One ad hoc query that was wrote was to find the geographic distribution of the users in their words. This data was so useful that we have scheduled the MapReduce job to run monthly and we will be using this data to help us decide which Rackspace data centers to place new mail servers in as we grow. By bringing several hundred GBs of data together and having the tools to analyze it, the Rackspace engineers were able to gain an understanding of the data that they otherwise would never have had. and furthermore they were able to use what they had learned to improve the service for their customers
बियॉन्ड बैच फॉर ऑल स्ट्रेंथ मैप रेड्यूस इज फंडामेंटली अ बैच प्रोसेसिंग सिस्टम एंड इज नॉट सुटेबल फॉर इंटरेक्टिव एनालिसिस यू कॉन्ट रन अ क्वेरी एंड गेट रिजल्ट बैक इन अ फ्यू सेकेंड्स और लेस क्वेरीज टिपिकली टेक मिनट्स और मोर सो इट्स बेस्ट फॉर ऑफलाइन यूज वेयर देर इज एंड ह्यूमन सिटिंग इन द प्रोसेसिंग लूप वेटिंग फॉर रिजल्ट However, since its original incarnation, Hadoop has evolved beyond batch processing. Indeed, the term Hadoop is sometimes used to refer to a larger ecosystem of projects, not just HDFS and MapReduce. Many of these are hosted by Apache Software Foundation, which provides support for a community of open-source software projects, including the original HTTP server, from which it gets its name. The first component to provide online access was HBase, a key-value store that uses HDFS for its underlying storage. HBase provides both online read access of individual rows and batch operations for reading and writing data in bulk, making it a good solution for building applications on. The real enabler from new processing models in Hadoop was the introduction of Yarn. which stands for get another resource negotiator in hadoop 2 yarn is a cluster resource management system which allows any distributed program to run on data on a hadoop cluster in the last few years there has been a flowering of different processing patterns that work with hadoop here is a sample interactive sql by dispensing with map reduce and using a distributed query engine that uses dedicated always on demands or container reuse it's possible to achieve low latency responses for sql queries on hadoop while still scaling up to larger dataset sizes iterative processing many algorithms such as those in machine learning are iterative in nature so it's much more efficient to hold each intermediate working set in memory compared to loading from disk on each iteration The architecture of MapReduce does not allow this, but it's straightforward with Spark. For example, it enables high exploratory style of working with datasets. Stream processing, streaming systems like Storm, Spark Streaming, or Samza make it possible to run real-time distributed computations on unbounded streams of data and emit results in Hadoop, Storage, or external systems. Solar Search. All, which is also that can run on Hadoop cluster, indexing documents as they are added to HDFS and serving search queries from indexes stored in HDFS. These all are different processing patterns that work with Hadoop evolved in the last few years. Despite the emergence of different processing frameworks in Hadoop, MapReduce still has a place for batch processing, and it's useful to understand how it works. since it introduces several concepts that apply more generally get another example of system that we can compare with hadoop is grid computing the high performance computing we can also call hpc and grid computing communities have been doing large scale data processing for years using such applications programming interface or apis as a message passing interface mpi 
broadly speaking the approach in hpc is to distribute the work across a cluster of machines which access a shared file system hosted by a storage area network this works well for predominantly compute intensive jobs but it becomes a problem when nodes need to need to access larger data volumes like hundreds of gbs the point at which hadoop really starts to shine since the network bandwidth is the bottleneck and compute nodes becomes idle hadoop tries to co-locate the data with the compute nodes so data access is fast because it is local this feature it known as data locality is the heart of data processing in hadoop and it is the reason for its good performance recognizing that net, net, that network bandwidth is the most precious resource in a data center environment Hadoop goes to greater lengths to conserve it by explicitly modeling network topology. Notice that this arrangement does not preclude high CPU analysis on Hadoop. MPI gives great control to programmers, but it requires that they explicitly handle the mechanisms for data flow exposed via low-level C routines and constructs such as sockets, as well as the high-level algorithms for analysis. Processing in Hadoop separates operates only at higher level. The programmer thinks in terms of the data model, such as key value for MapReduce, while the data flows remain implicit. Coordinating the processes in large-scale distributed computing is a challenge. The hardest aspect is gracefully handling partial failure when you don't know whether or not a remote process has failed, and still making progress with the overall computation. Distributed processing frameworks like MapReduce spare the programmer from having to think about failure, since the implementation detects failed tasks and reschedules replacements on machine. That are healthy. MapReduce is able to do because it is a shared nothing architecture, meaning the tasks have no dependencies on one another. It's a simply over slide over simplification. since the output from mappers is fed to the reducers but this is under the control of a mapreduce system in this case it needs to take more care returning a failed reducer than running a failed map because it has to make sure it can retrieve the necessary map outputs and if not presented them by running the relevant maps again so from the programmer's point of view the order in which the task run doesn't matter by contrast map mpi programs have to explicitly manage their own checkpointing and recovery which gives more control to the programmer but makes more the difficult to write let's compare hadoop with volunteer computing when people first hear about hadoop and mapreduce they often ask How is it different from SCTI at home? SCTI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, runs a project called SCTI at home in which the volunteers donate CPU time from their otherwise idle computers to analyze radio telescope data for signs of intelligent life outside Earth. SCTI at home is the most well-known of many volunteer computing projects uh, like uh, the Great Internet machine prime search that is to search for large prime numbers and folding at home to understand protein folding and how it relates to disease 
volunteer computing projects work by breaking the problems they are that they are trying to solve into chunks called work units which are sent to computers around the world to be analyzed for example SCTI homework unit is about 0.35 MB of radio telescope data and it takes hours or days to analyze on a typical home computer when the analysis is completed the results are sent back to the server and the clients can and the work unit and then again it's sent back to the server and so on as a precaution to combat cheating each work unit is sent to three different machines and needs at least two results to agree to be accepted although SETI at home may be superficially similar to MapReduce um, like uh, breaking a problem into independent pieces to be worked on in parallel there are some significant differences the SETI problem is very CPU intensive which makes it suitable for running on hundreds of thousands of computers across the world because the time to transfer work unit is dwarfed by the time to run the computation on it and volunteers are donating CPU cycles not the bandwidth it also makes it uh, very too long to be completed the pro- process MapReduce on the other hand is designed to run jobs that last minutes or hours on trusted dedicated hardware running on a single data center with very high aggregate bandwidth by contrast as we know SAT at home runs a perpetual perpetual computation on untrusted machines on the internet with highly variable connection speeds not large bandwidth and no data locality and that's all for today Let's meet next time. Bye-bye.